Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back to another week of the Press Next podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us this week. Big facts. Uh, We are excited and we are sorry for the hiatus, (laughs) but we have been busy. Can we say busy? Booked and busy? We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, So much so that I feel like I still haven't seen Batman, so I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah. So We haven't really been watching a lot of movies either. Yeah, we really haven't had an opportunity to... Um, because, you know, life happens at certain times. So, um, there's also a lot of ideating and stuff going on, but nonetheless, we are glad that you are back. Uh, we have a great topic, a great movie to talk about today. So if you are new, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. We discuss movies, TV shows, documentaries, um, and how they apply to real life. And if you've been in those situations, uh, and things of that nature. So if everybody else, as Katie already said, welcome back to PMP, baby. Yes, absolutely. So um, we are talking about Women's History Month, of course, Facts. because we March. could not let the month of March go by without throwing in at least one movie regarding uh, women <laughs> in general. <laughs> but if you are a fellow woman listener, happy Women's Month. Um I think that this is a cool month to just reflect on everything that women have done and the things that they've provided to where we are today. I am a member of our diversity, equity, and inclusion team in for my your office. Work? Actually, I'm about to say, yeah. I mean, for co creator. So oh, shout out. Ooh, but, um, so this month, of course, we are celebrating Women's History Month, and it was my responsibility to think of our programming for the month. So we created a list of movies, of course, because it's me, um, podcasts, books, and uh, documentaries to watch regarding women in history. And then also I made a, um, a sheet of influential women who are less well-known. So of course, we know Amelia Earhart, First female pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know some of those big names that are that were taught, like but some of the smaller ones, yeah, like some of the women who made history that are less well known. So I think that it's really cool to just take some time to dive into that, even if you're just googling, you know, women who made history, um, and just you know educating yourself on that because it is super cool to to read about these things. And actually I read several and it's so sad to see, but I saw several women who invented things that men got credit for. Mm. So, um, you know, just, just take some time this month. I mean, we we're halfway through the month, but take some time this month to, to look into that and to educate yourself on that because learning is fun. It is indeed. And but th- so you just go on like, that's what, that's what we're doing today. You know what? I'm deferring, though, because, like, it is Women's Month, <laughs> so I'm going to defer. You feel me? No, I, I do feel at times kind of perplexed during, not perplexed, but, like, um, that I recognize that during a lot of these conversations and stuff that 
it's like important for me as a man to kind of take a back seat, you know, like this is not about me mm-hmm. this month. Uh, so I'm excited yeah. to hear your perspective on a lot of things. I have a lot of questions. Um, I wasn't too sure about the movie that we watched today, but then we watched it and I was I actually enjoyed it. So that's off the top. So we watched nine to five. Let's just get that out the way. Nine to yes. five. Um, yes. Nine to five. Of course, y'all, I'm sure you're familiar with Dolly the Dolly Parton, Parton song. But, Jane Fonda. I mean, good cast. It was good cast. And it was about three female employees of a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocrit- hypocritical bigot. And they find a way to turn the tables on him. Doesn't that sound like the workplace? Even still to- like today? Because this movie was released in 1980? 1980, yes. Yeah, and I will say that we have come such a long way in the workplace. But obviously there are still things that we are missing out on and obviously the pay gap is a huge part of that but even beyond pay you know um getting promoted within things and i think that there's a lot of companies who who do good stuff and especially certain fields that you're in are are different but i think that there is still some discrepancy between where between equality and where we are (laughs) For sure. No, for sure. This reminded me, the movie itself, so basically a synopsis of the movie is uh, Dolly Parton um, and these other ladies work for this guy. What's the guy's name? Frank. Work um, for this guy named Frank. Frank. Frank Hart. Frank Hart Jr. F. Hart. Anyway, they work for Frank. Frank is um, Frank is a typical male boss in the 80s. I mean, he is a pig they call him a pig a lot in the in the movie and Mm -hmm. he's a sexist he's a womanizer he's married he doesn't care that he's married like none of that stuff matters to him and um there is another character that's not played by dolly parton i forgot her name but essentially she's the brains of the company right which we if we look at history i feel like we see this a lot when it comes to women right where Mm -hmm. sometimes even with presidency we'll see the first lady is really doing a lot of the legwork um but not getting mm-hmm. any of the credit for it. And so that was her role in the movie. She had all these ideas of how she can increase productivity uh, and things of that nature to help the business out. But and efficiency. He, right. And he would either just like brush her off or he would legitimately take her ideas, bring them up to the board, and then act as if they were his. Um, and so they just fell into some situations to where they had to basically kidnap him into a room for weeks and then they changed the culture of the office themselves by forging his signature mm-hmm. and everything else um but but it was kind of you know why i liked it though like because why realistically you can't do that but sometimes that's like what needs to happen not that somebody get kidnapped but some sometimes people got to get out the way right that's what i mean people got to get out the way for things to, like for change to actually happen um and I got a lot of thoughts, but how did you like it? I, I think as a movie, I, let me just critique the movie first, and then we talk to the, about the topics, like the themes. Okay. As a so, film, go ahead. Wait, real quick before we before we go on, I just wanted to note that you said you know she's the brains of the company, and he would take her ideas and get credit for them. So one thing when I was doing my research for work and for sending out this information on these less well known. Uh, women in history, I learned that Rosalind Franklin was actually a scientist who, a female scientist, 
who discovered the double helix shape of the DNA. And um, it was actually credited to a man for finding that. So I thought that that was super interesting. Mm. Okay. Okay. I, I'm looking it up right me? now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not fact checking, but I was trying to just see, you know what I'm saying? She's a chemist. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So um, it's a lot like uh, I thought that was super interesting that you said that. A lot like black inventors. <laughs> so, you know, Black History right, Month, exactly. I typically go through this. You know, black inventors, they invented a lot of, we invented a lot of things that people enjoy today, but white people got the patent for it. Um, so, I say all right. that to say, uh, men are trash. No, I'm just joking. Um, but <laughs> as a critique of the film, there's some things I liked, there's some things I didn't like. I would overall say that I enjoyed the film. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I could watch it again. I think it has some rewatchability. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can yeah. watch it again. There's a couple of scenes I just I thought were just like too long. But again, I, we're critiquing a 1980 movie. So I feel like in 1980... Right. It I was going to say that. I was going to say... It would have been fine. Some of the stuff I'm going like to be yeah. nitpicky about is because it was longer. So the, we're looking the movie at it itself, 42 years later. Right. The movie itself uh, is an hour and 50 minutes long very easily could have been about an hour and 20 minutes. They, I feel like they could yeah, have cut out sure. 30 minutes of BS. Okay, remember when there, there's a scene where right. um, these three women get together because they're tired of, they're just tired of Frank and, and they all kind of bond in the fact that they have all had some sort of interaction with Frank that hasn't been good. And they go mm-hmm. out for drinks first and then one of the moms is like, I have some weed. And so they go smoke weed. Mm-hmm. And this is funny too because they really they put on the weed. I mean, they they are did acting like the quintessential stoners. Okay, like they're really going. And we were weed. actually laughing at it because I mean, weed today is so much stronger than weed in the eighties. So we were talking about how it was literally grass, and they were they had a whole table full of food. They were eating Just all of these different snacks and giggling and. and Think about random stuff. Ribs. She's like, this is good weed. What did you say it's called? Oh, this is Maui Wowie. Um, so <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it was, okay. So I'm not mad at that part, right? It's right. the part that at during that scene, each, each one of them had a vision about how they wanted to like take their out boss. their boss, yeah. right? So imagine, this is horrible bosses, but like on, on a singular form. Mm-hmm. their visions were way too long. I agree with that. Like each one of their visions was like 15 minutes. Yeah. As we were watching it, I was like, okay, I get uh, the point. I <laughs> say 15 minutes. On. It was probably like eight minutes of vision. But the thing is yeah. you didn't have to, you could have like when, um, when, um, dang, the first one was he was getting chased in the office by mm-hmm. everybody who works there and they were trying to hunt him down. That scene could have been legitimately like three and a half minutes, maybe. Or honestly could have been like a minute and a half. If you just showed him like running throughout the office, he goes in the office, you turn around in the chair, you know, what was the what was the tagline? Do you remember what the tagline was? Well, she said um, something like it's like, you know, work is over, like time to clock out. Something clever or something like that. Yeah. And then she yeah, shoots yeah. the gun at him or whatever. That could have been a minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes tops. But instead it was like nine or ten minutes. And so that I did not like because I feel like with old movies, they just strung stuff out. Like 
the pacing to was make really them weird. Longer. Yeah, because that made them. If that were shorter, it would have it would have brilliantly paced the movie to where it didn't feel long. That movie felt long. Yeah. So I was still watching it again though. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Uh, Dolly Parton was hilarious. She was. She was hilarious. A lot of the things she said cracked me up just because she's so country. She is a she's an old country gal. Um, and she was hilarious. So whoever wrote her jokes and she delivered it well. So kudos mm-hmm. to her. I don't think I ever seen her act anything. So that was actually her first movie acting. She's incredible. And yeah, and I saw something that said that she I read something about the movie that said that she thought that it was like a play. And so she memorized everyone's lines, not just hers. And she was shocked when she showed up to film and realized that they didn't film everything in sequential order and that yeah. some scenes were filmed at different times and yeah. it threw her off. You know what? That would be the actor that I would be. I would be the person that, well, that's, and maybe it's a theater thing because I was in theater growing up and that's what I yeah. did. It's like I r- yeah. would remember every single line so yeah. that I wouldn't mess up. Well, and yeah, and I think that it's important that we note that this movie is based on a true story of women who pushed for change and, you know, I I don't know if they created a union, but amongst themselves yeah. to push for change and they were called the 9 to fivers and I believe it was in Cleveland or Boston or uh, I'm not sure where, but based on a true story. Interesting. Well, Dolly did a fantastic job. She acted her her tail off, um, especially to be her first film. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. just to touch on that from a, a film nerd aspect, a lot of people don't know that. Most of the movies you see are not shot in sequential order because right. people's schedules well, don't work out like that. So they be true. trying to shoot scenes. Oh, you might only be there for a week. So we got to shoot all the scenes you're going to be in that week and then roll on to the next stuff. So... Um, if if you shout out to all the great filmmakers out there that that you would never know, you would think they just shot it sequentially, um, but right, they do not. Yeah, I think that if we learned a lot of things about filmmaking, it would kind of ruin stuff for us because not that it takes away from anything, but when I find out that shows that legit feel like they're shot in a certain location right so like friends it feels because they put so much emphasis on new york city so it feels like it's shot in new york city and when you find out that they're just on a set in la you're like uh yeah kind of changes my perspective a little bit a lot of shows a lot of everything and you know me i'm deep into it so i don't see it that way it didn't ruin it for me it actually makes me like oh man so cool because think about this yeah. They did such a good job of I guess it could go either mind. way. You know what I'm saying? Like they literally tricked you yeah. into believing what you see, which is incredible. If you ask mm-hmm. me, I'm like, that's it, cool. It truly, truly is. Or even when we talk about like lighting stuff, when I see how um like things are lit, I know what's going on behind the scenes. For instance, there's a shot that happens in the uh in the movie, and I told Katie what exactly what type of shot this was. Oh, this is you know, this shot is locked off on a tripod. They got it on a fluid head. That's the only way they can work. And the lights are literally probably right behind them. And it looks like it's mm-hmm. like daylight. It's probably it was the dark first outside. scene of the movie. I was like, please do not do this. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I'll be in my head. That's what I'll be uh, uh, doing in my head is I'll be critiquing movies like mm-hmm. that. Like I see something and I'm like, man, that was either a cool shot. I wonder how they got that shot. Or 
nine times out of ten, I'm asking myself, how did they light this shot? The director of photography, how did he light this shot? Because it seems impossible, but they somehow did it. Um, and if y'all ever watch, I can mm-hmm. put some like clips on YouTube from other channels and stuff. Uh, it's really fascinating how they will set up a shot for lighting, and you will never know. I mean, sometimes they'll do a day for night or a night for day where it is actually night outside, but they make it look like it is high noon. Yes, and when you've shown me that, it it is mind-blowing. That's crazy. Or it'll be light outside, and they make it look like the moon is shining, and it's it's night, and it, the, the people are sleeping. And you got to think about it this way, too. I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent, but you ever seen, like, some of the clips where, um, like, why do we do this? But you ever see some of the clips where you see somebody laying down in the bed in the room? And you can clearly see like their entire body. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Have you ever, you wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. I know I do. Go to the restroom. When it's pitch black in the room, you can't see that. Right. But they light it in a way that makes you believe that that's what you would see if you could see it. Right. And it's still dark. It yes. still looks dark. Exactly. It's like, it's wild. You You're like, man. Stuff. When I'm actually yeah. looking at it, it doesn't look like this. But I can believe that it might look like this, so it's kind of believable. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I love right. filmmaking. I say all that to say, I think this is a good film. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think it was good, too. I thought it was really funny, which I have an appreciation for older movies. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Dolly Parton's lines were hilarious. Jane Fonda in her younger days. Yeah. I thought it was good. Have you ever had a boss that was like um that was like Frank? Or anybody you work with? You ain't gotta um, like call them out, but No, and I don't think I've I don't think I've ever been in a position where people would be like that to me because I've always been kind of bottom of the totem pole. So or near the bottom. Um so but I've seen it done to other people. I've seen my bosses get skipped over for promotions or I've seen my bosses, um, you know, not be included on some things, but, and I think that's the difference between then and now is now nobody is going to dare talk to someone like that. Mm. And if they do, that's a lawsuit, you know, man. and I'm sure there are people that do that, but I've never worked in a situation where people have i'll be reading some of these reddits that talk about like their their experiences with their boss and i'll be seeing some of these tiktoks and i'm like yo how in the world did this like right what in the like what is going on and i i say all that to say i've seen from a from a supervisor side i've seen franks i've also seen part Mm -hmm. of me in frank not in a way that like I've been egregious with it, but I understand how um, when I was a young professional, not really understanding how to supervise, right? So this isn't necessarily with um, utilizing women or whatever. Uh, when I was a young professional, not knowing how necessarily to supervise, I would often skip over people's ideas and everything else because... I wasn't that great of a supervisor to be able to recognize the greatness that I had in front of me, right? Now, granted, and then sometimes I would do things where um, 
that might put me in a compromising situation. Like I might compliment somebody with no ill intention or anything else, but just say like, oh, it's a compliment. And I had thankfully great mentors in front of me who were men who were like, you cannot do that. You can't, you're, you're a supervisor now. I know you have no intention behind what you're saying, but you never know how anybody's going to take anything. So you can't do that. You have to recognize right. where you are, what position you are, and what you you know what you play. Because at the end of the day, even if you have ill intentions, you still did what you did, which is which right. is wild. That's true. Right? That's acceptance and and um, accountability. That's what. Shout out to my old boss, Bobby Waddell. He used to tell me that all the time. Um, accountability is like recognizing you did what you did, even though you may not have intended to do what you did, you still did it. So mm-hmm. you gotta be accountable to that. Right. So. Watching yeah, the movie kind of gave me like. Luckily, I haven't. Ooh. The ick. Yeah, yeah. You feel like, damn, have I ever been mm-hmm. that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you never want to. I don't never want to be that ever. Mm-hmm. And I've seen myself grow, but. Right. Go ahead. Well, and I think it's just the way that he talked to people in such a degrading manner with just the words that he chose to use with. So, for instance, um, when it was Judy's first day, played by Jane Fonda, and she didn't know how to work the Xerox machine, and it started going crazy, and he walked in and just ripped her a new one and made her cry because she didn't know how to use the Xerox machine or turn it off. And he was like, why didn't you just use this button right here? If you don't learn how to use this, your first day will be your last. You know, and... This woman has never worked a day in her life. And I think that that is an interesting point to bring up because this was in the 80s. Things were much, much different. Much more women were stay-at-home moms until they weren't. So she was a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home wife until her husband left her for his secretary. So she had to go to work. And this is her first job. So you can imagine... Everything in life is new to her. She's newly living alone. She's newly single. She's newly a single parent. Now she's newly getting her first job and is overwhelmed by the workplace. And that's how you're talked to on your first day? That's crazy. That's tough. I also felt like, and and this isn't to absolve him, but I also felt like, oh, girl, kind of set her up. Like, she didn't really, like, train her for real on what uh, she should do. Sure. Yeah, 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 you for know sure. what I mean? So like I feel like if I was if I was Jane Fonda at, at that point, I'm going to be mad at him and her. Like him for mm-hmm. the way that he treated me like I'm supposed to just know what what to do. And it's also my first mm-hmm. day. Like have some grace. And then mm-hmm. I'm going back to old girl like, "Yo, you I obviously need some more instruction. Why you just leave me out?" You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't show me right. how to do it, maybe st- like waited for a little bit and then and then dipped out on me or whatever. But I will say this though. For sure. I feel like in my first job, I worked at Kroger and they, that's how they did me. They like, <laughs> I went through one little video training. Really? Yeah. I went through one little video training for like three hours and then they stuck me out on the machines. Interesting. And we're like, you know, there it But, goes. yeah. So I think it's also important to note that my, my roles have always been in besides one, have always been in more female-populated fields. So I was a server. Mm -hmm. I was a waitress, which was the staff was 
all of the waitresses were women. The only men were the cooks and supervisors, managers, things like that. Um, second, I was a student worker and a graduate assistant. Mm. So higher ed, there's a lot of, which interesting. I was in a criminal, I was in the criminal justice department. So there were a lot of men in my immediate department, but in higher ed, there are a lot of women like administrators, um, oh yeah, for sure. Especially if it like you get and then, affairs. right? And then I was in oil and gas, which is highly, highly, highly run by men. Um, and then back to higher ed, which is mostly females in my in my job. So I think that that's a reason why is because I a lot of my immediate supervisors have been females. So Man. I haven't really had that experience. How do you feel? Which one would you rather work with, males or females? That's From a, a colleague question. and supervisor standpoint. Yeah, that's a good question. I think there has to be a balance because, well, I think it depends on what field you're in. Man. I don't know. That's a good question. You just blindsided me. Man, I... What do you think? Would you want to work with all women? Uh, facts, <laughs> facts. If I had it my way, I'm not ever hiring men, bro. <laughs> just, it's just in my. Um, but explain that because okay. it does sound a little weird. It does, um, but at least to like you know, if I was talking about like working for me, I just feel like women get shit done when it comes to working, right? So, mm-hmm. not to say that men don't. Um, but they do it with such a high caliber. And I think maybe it's because they already recognize that they're a minority when it comes to the workforce in general, right? Yeah. So in the way that sometimes black men or black people will overcompensate um, I was gonna in certain say areas, that. it might also be that way with women. But I'm just saying, like, of all the supervisors that I've always had, um, and they've all been great. I've only had, like, a couple of, like, terrible supervisors. The rest of them have really just been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the women have been, I mean, 10 toes down. And they not only are they just badass, they go, they push me to be even better. And whereas mm-hmm. I feel like with the men, they just kind of like, hey, just make sure everything good and we good. Well. Like, just do the bare minimum. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And I think that that is because historically, that's been enough. The minimum has been enough. Whereas... You see in this, these women are going above and beyond and still not getting recognized, still being treated as an assistant to go pick up your lunch, get your coffee, do your, you know, take your dry cleaning, things like that. Like be a work wife. Like I'm not at work to be your wife. I'm at work to be an employee. And so I think that it's always been instilled in women who are in the workforce that you have to work twice as hard or you have to... Mm you know, be on your best, you know, at all times because, and this is what I've noticed from my experience. Once I start working like the male does, once I start taking a back seat, once I start maybe making things just good enough and not going above and beyond, it's noticed. It's noticed that I'm no longer doing the things that I used to do. So, 
That's why I advocate And it's hard people, to bring that up. And it's... When you come into a job or something, start at the bare minimum. <laughs> 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 that way, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, and that's what's... <laughs> it's, it's the opposite way around, but go ahead. Yeah, and it's it's hard to bring up because you don't want to immediately jump to sexism because I don't necessarily think that that is everyone's intent. I think that it's just so instilled that that's just kind of the way it is. And that's not the way that it should be. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I definitely agree. Um, And it's tough. It's just, I feel, I feel similar in the sense that like, I have a very high motor, so when I come into work, I want to prove to everybody that I'm really it's just proof to myself that I am mm-hmm. worthy of the job that I got and I can do a fantastic job at it. Now, what I have learned is that that typically puts me up here, and if I ever go down here, you know, and I'm saying up mm-hmm. here, like you know, if I ever go down to like what I'm just supposed to do, as you said, it's noticed, and then people are like, "Oh, what's wrong?" Right? Maybe Corey's burnt yeah. out, and it's like I'm not really burnt out. I just I feel like I should be afforded that. Or you're not recognizing that I've actually been giving you more than what you needed and more than what you wanted. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Because I... And I think that it also plays into personality and how people perceive you. So if you're this chummy guy that everyone adores and you're a hard worker or or you're a hard worker but maybe you're not seen as much, who's who's going to be the first up for a promotion? Yeah. The guy the guy who has everyone in his pocket. Yeah, I feel that. And maybe I'm just jaded by like, I haven't really been in the corporate world. Maybe it's different in the corporate world than where, where I'm at in higher ed. It's just the other reason why I think that I like, I rock with women in the workforce is that they understand nuance to everything. Mm-hmm. Like where typically sometimes men do not like we're not seeing that we just everything right. overthinking like, comes in handy. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then be like, man, it's really or relationship wise. Right. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. It's relationships, bro. So and, and not to say that women have not engaged in certain workplace affairs and things that should not have happened. Certain HR violations. Right. Mm hmm. But I would be a thousand percent willing to bet that it is very minimal when it comes to if we had to compare men and women. Right. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, women understand because they understand this as a a natural way of life, how important relationships are to anything. Right. So if it comes to selling a product or, or productivity or whatever it may be, and the important thing in between the lines is having very stable, uh, communicative and great relationships with other people. We're going to help you get along the way. And I feel like that's why I would do stuff. Uh, if I had my management, that's what I would say. If I had it in a perfect world, if I ran a production company or whatever in a perfect world, my management would be women and my workers would be men. And not in the most sexist way. I'm saying that to say most men have a, a motor that is just A to B. They yeah. just want to show up and do this and that. And I want to be done. I'm going to get paid for what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And And that's a good point. So maybe it's not men just doing the bare minimum. Maybe it's that that's what they think they're there to do. Like, I'll be like, man. And that's it. 
You know how I many times people would be like, that ain't my job description. <laughs> like, or yeah. I don't do I want to do more. That's above like, my pay grade. That's above my pay. It's above me now. You know what I'm saying? It's above me. It's above me now. Me now. <laughs> um, but I mean, I know that. It's just it, to me, at least for me, speaking for me, it makes things simple. And I like a simple life. All mm-hmm. I need to do today is show up, move this item to this item, and then that's all I gotta do all day. And I clock out and I'm done. Maybe I can talk around a cooler with my homeboys about, you know, March Madness or whatever's going on. And I think those things are important as well, Um, which is another another reason why I like being a higher ed. There's so much like fluidity with your day. So you might have like a 15 minute like around the cooler chat where some people are just chatting about, you know, just shooting the breeze and then go back to Mm -hmm. the rigorous work that we have to rigorous. I cannot say that word right now. Uh, All the hard work that we have to do. So. Um, in a perfect world. And then also the other thing is I want to see change. Right? Mm-hmm. I want to see change. I want to see more women in leadership positions. For sure. And and we are, and things are getting better. I mean, I have two of my best friends right now are managers that are companies. And they are killing it. They're boss babes. Um, is that sexist too? I probably should not say that's the other thing. I hate that term. But people be saying boss babes. I just hate babes. that term. So I'll be like, What's I know, a boss but it's babe? so chuggy. What is chu? Oh, chuggy. No, you didn't use chuggy. Here's the thing: if it's you use so it, chuggy. If you use it for yourself, I have, I don't have no problem with it. If you feel like you a boss babe, that's you. That's true. Okay, I just, I don't know. It it just screams MLM to me. But it does. But I'll be um, proud of people, though. I'll be proud of them. Like, I feel like I know who you're talking about. I'm proud oh, of them. Yeah, I'm very sure. proud of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Kaylee. Shout I think Kaylee. that she's actually the only female manager in her company, which is incredible. Um, and then Lauren is also a marketing oh, yeah. manager in her yeah. company. Um, I don't know what other female managers there are there, but... That's amazing. And I think that it's so cool to see that because not only is it that they're female, they're also young. And I think yes. that that's a whole nother discussion a that we could talk about. Yeah. But it's just, it's it's really cool. And I think that we're seeing a lot of change, especially with the women's uh, national soccer team. And the the pushes that they were making for equal pay and how that was actually, you know, pushed through. Like, it it became a reality. And it's sad that <laughs> it's 2022 and we're still fighting for that. But I think that we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of changes. How do you feel about the differences between, um, like, or are we moving in a way that's a little bit more fluid when it comes to, uh, like, professional dress in the workplace um yeah i think so and i and i say this and i've been saying it but but i think that it depends on what job you're in Mm. so um i think there are some positions where you do need to be you know business casual um maybe not suit and tie every day but there are some positions where you need to distinguish yourself. And then there are some positions where it doesn't matter. And I think that if you're working at, you know, a call center and you are on the phones all day, maybe you don't need to wear 
professional dress. You just need to be comfortable. But in my position and when I'm like on campus or when I was working on campus full time, I think that it's important. it was important for me to dress business casually, not only to be professional, but to set myself apart from the students, right? So everybody in my department, for the most part, are young professionals, um, entry-level jobs, straight out of college, that sort of thing. So we look like students. We look like people that are in college because most of them just graduated last year. And so I think that that business casual is important to set ourselves apart from the student body. But I think that hair, tattoos, body piercings, I think all of those becoming more acceptable in the workplace is an amazing, it's amazing to see. And I think that it is still kind of taboo, but it's, it's, it's a work in progress. And I think that it's pretty neat and we still need to push for that because I don't think that a visible tattoo should take you out of the running for a job. If it's not anything that's like going to hurt anyone else. Right. If it's not like a, for sure, you know, a derogatory thing. I feel so like conflicted. I agree with a lot of what you said. Some things I still am like on the edge about, but, um, I've always thought about when I was coming up and I would see how like the differences between how men and women dress in the workplace. I'm like, man, this is really, it's a really stark difference. Now that is annoying because I feel like men can just throw on a polo and jeans or, you know, a polo and slacks and call it a day. Facts. You can't do that. Yeah. And that's trash. Very much so trash. Agreed. <laughs> um, yeah, that's trash. And I, I, let's move on. Because <laughs> that's really all I can say is that's trash. And I, I would hope that that changes uh, for everybody. And I would really hope that we get to a point in the world where we stop thinking about professionalism and in, in what professionalism looks like versus what professionalism is. And professionalism is mm-hmm. carried in a lot of different ways. So I guess I mean, it looks yeah, to be a part of that. Sure. But the other thing I'm going to say, just just disclaimer, I don't care and what I nobody do think say. That looks, I think that looks do play a part in that. They, I will say that. I think they do too for, to a certain extent though. Like a plumber going to come in his jumpsuit, right? But the jumpsuit mm-hmm. is practical for what he's doing. Mm-hmm. A trash man is going to wear something similar but it's practical for what he's doing. A doctor wearing his scrubs or his, or yeah. his coat is practical for what they do. I don't understand the suits. Yeah. There's no practicality to it. And number two, I will hammer this into the day I die. Not everybody looks good in a suit. Had to go ahead and say it. I'm <laughs> sorry. Suits do not look great on everybody. I'm one of those people where it don't look great on me all the time. Like I've really got to like, f- like flush it out. I'm telling you, especially these old. Uh, nah, I know y'all see all these old photos. Remember when everybody used to wear suits? Like literally, even the kids. It'd be eight, hundred degrees outside, and they were still wearing suits. You see all these old pictures mm-hmm. of people on the suits. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me it was some people like, oh, that's fly, and other people I'm like, 
this does, it, this is not flattering at all for you, bro. Specifically, right. some of our bigger folks. It's just not. I don't feel like it's a cloth that's like really cut for us big folks, and so sometimes it don't look great on everybody. And then you be trying to force us to mm-hmm. wear the suit, and I'm like, you having us out here like a fool. And I promise you, we could dress nicely, look presentable, and still be very professional in a different outfit. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way Fair. about women as well. Fair. I done seen women pull up some uh, slacks with a nice belt and a and a polo and rock it. Mm-hmm. And then For, yeah, I mean definitely, and I think that yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. All right, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, who is your because this is Women's History Month? Who is your favorite woman in history? Do you have a favorite woman Ooh. in history? Could be multiple. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um. I I don't know if I have a favorite woman in history. I think that I appreciate a lot of different women and their contributions. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a lot of there's just a lot of women that I respect and have a lot of gratitude for and a lot of respect for and one of those women is Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Why Reese Witherspoon, you ask? I just feel like she does it all. And I feel like she is such a good person and she has, she's so genuine. And so, yeah, if I had to say anyone, and she's not in history, she's current, she's making history. Yeah, so that's still history. Still history. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to think on this and then maybe I'll post it to our Instagram. A woman in history that is my favorite. Okay. okay. What about you? Do you have any? I got a couple. All right. Okay. Harriet Tub. Shout out to Harriet Tub. Me. Mm-hmm. She one of my. She one of my faves of all time. Um, I would have to also say, of course. Um. This is funny, and as as Katie said, history is still being written with this person. Missy Elliott, okay, it's one of my favorite women. Okay. Really one of my favorite people on this planet. It will forever be one of my favorite people on this planet. Um, because mm-hmm. she, I feel like she influenced a lot of my creativity. Um, even wanted me to be a creative. Like growing up listening to Missy Elliott, uh, you can tell that she was a part of like everything. So she was a part of production. She was a part of writing the songs. She would perform the songs. She would do all the dances. She would come up with the, the treatments for the videos. And you you can tell that. It wasn't like she was just a performer. She was a, a pure mm-hmm. artist. Um, and she was willing mm-hmm. to take chances when other people wouldn't. So she's a, a trailblazer as well, right? And so we talk about powerful women. They've always been trailblazers. But much like any other uh, group, sometimes we don't feel like taking the risk. You know, we want somebody else to kind of open the door. We can slide in. Uh, she's definitely a door opener. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Missy Elliott. Never met her a day in my life. She did retweet me one time. I have that favorited in my phone, but <laughs> shout out to her. You know who else t- uh, tweeted me one time too? Katie Lowe's from um, Quinn from um, mm. um, Scandal. Scandal. Yes. And my heart mm-hmm. about melted because mm-hmm. I said, I said something like, uh, I got to look it up on my phone, but I said something like, uh, 
I like I'll always be your gladiator or something. And she was like, I always you'll mm-hmm. always be mine too. I said, Oh my God. Uh, anyway, um Ava Duvernay. Yeah. Hundred percent. I look up to her now. Like I'm like, man, I just want yeah. Shonda Rhimes. Um, a lot of people who Shonda are really Rhimes just doing a- I mean these are people Shonda who are Rhimes in, came to mind too. Right. These are people who are just in my space, right? Um, so I I I frequent them a lot. You know who else I just really admire? Tiana Taylor. Who? I really, 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 really admire her because I feel a lot about the way that I feel about Missy Elliott, I feel a lot about her. She do the same. She okay. is a visionary, she's an artist, she's a creative. She's not afraid to push the envelope um, and try different things. And she's just incredible. And she doesn't get a lot of recognition. That's the other thing that like... Yeah, she's very low-key. She's low-key and humble. And she she rises above the bar every single time. You expect something from her, she always go over the top. Uh, so I love Tiana Taylor. And then also, I mean, of course, my favorite woman in history um, besides you is my mother. So... Yeah. Is that a cop-out answer? No, I think that's a great answer. Tell us go. why. My mom's? Because mm-hmm. she's the greatest woman on earth. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it's, it's 1A and 1B. And really, it's 1A and 1AA. Um, there is my mom, and then there's Katie, y'all. So, like, my mom's obviously gave me life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the really, honestly, I'm just very proud to be her son because I've always seen her overcome obstacles and be a pillar to everybody else. If you ever talk to somebody about Miss Middleton, they all have a story. I've I've seen my mom walk into places where it would have shook me to the bones to be in because I was so afraid. And my mama is small and she ain't afraid of nothing. Literally. And mm-hmm. it's just as like nothing or nobody. It really nothing or nobody. So it really is a very inspiring um it makes me very proud. So, of course, the goat uh, is my mom. Why am I tearing up? Ah, uh, don't do that. And then you know what? And she beat cancer. Yes, and, and not once, not twice. twice you know what I'm right? saying? Yeah, and uh, she will keep fighting if, if it if it come back or anything else. And she's she's just a pillar of well, while God is here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working and do the work that He want me to do. Um, and I just mm-hmm. it really that's really special. You don't find that in a lot of people. She really is. Um, One of the most incredible people I've ever met. Yeah. And then I met you. And uh, yeah, then we, now we're here. So. Okay. Well, tell people what, what, why me? Why you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. That was my Leo coming out. Uh Yeah. Please tell me about me. Talk about (laughs) me. Big me up. Okay. What did we say earlier? Don't talk to me. No, you know why I love you. You know why you are my best friend. All right. Oh, just a tangent, y'all. The other day, when we talked about this yesterday, <laughs> the other day, um, and I'm sorry, this is TMI. I'll just put it like this. I'm laying in bed, and, and Katie is in the bathroom. And there's no TV on, no nothing. There's no distraction. And I'm just looking at Katie. She's just standing in, the, in all of her beauty and glory in the middle of the bathroom. And I just had this thought, and y'all, please tell me if you've ever had this thought with your significant other. My thought was like, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> why are you here right now? Like, I bet who, people thought you were about to say something right, really sweet. Right, 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 right. But hear me out, y'all. I'm like, who, who is this woman who I really have only known for the past four or five years, right? 
Mm-hmm. Who are you? And why are you living? Why are we living together? Why do we sleep in the same bed? Why do we, how do I love you? How did this happen? It's not, yeah. it's also like a, how no. do I get so lucky? But it's like, how, this is weird. If you, It's weird. I love it, but it's weird. <laughs> well, and what's crazy is that the next day we were in the kitchen cooking breakfast and I looked at him and I said, do you ever just look at me and think like, who are you? And he was like, oh, my God, I had that same thought last night. Last night. Because sometimes I look at him and I'm like, this is really somebody's son. And, like, I only met him five years ago. And he lived, you know, 27 years without knowing me. And I lived a whole life before him. And we just met and decided that we liked each other enough to take on life together. And please let us know if y'all think this, because sometimes I'll just look at him and be like, how did this happen? Yes. And it's not discussed. Who are you? It's not, no, it's not discussed. It's just like incredible. Just love is incredible. It's just incredible that you meet this person one day and you're like, wow, you were the missing piece of my life. But then you're like, I don't even know you. What in the world? <laughs> what, like because this- it's like the parts that you didn't even know were missing, and then it's just like, huh? It all makes sense, but also like, where did you come from? Right, or that? Why do you feel so comfortable around me to actually be yourself? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you uh-huh. be goofy uh-huh. running around. Like, yeah, I'm I be weird. goofy all the time. We both weird. So when I see you do weird stuff, it's it's two ways I feel. One is like very, very happy and secure that you feel secure enough to do like to be you in front of me, right? I'm like, man, I'm doing it right. I'm mm-hmm. husbanding right. I'm best friending right. The other part I feel is like, yo, is this not weird? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That you have me <laughs> in your life now, like just chilling. And we mm-hmm. are physically attracted to each other, but we also like are emotionally and spiritually attracted to each other. And we have decided mm-hmm. that every day and we're legally tackle... bound to each other. Exactly. That's the other thing. And every day we and decided that we're going to- And I met you five years ago and now something happened to me. You have control of my life. It, it is just, it's just weird. Please let us know because that's a question that I have. Mm-hmm. So off topic. Off but topic, but- It is what it is. Um <laughs> we we can always talk about relationship stuff, but I need to hear y'all stories. If y'all yeah. have ever just thought had that thought, please let us know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Okay. So as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Press Next Podcast. Yes, you can. Join our Facebook group, Press Next Podcast. <laughs> follow us on TikTok. Press Next Press Podcast. Next Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. All of that. Leave us I five mean, stars, please. Leave us five stars. Send us some money on Venmo and Cash app. Um, as you know, we are self-funded. So if you would like to do that, please. You know what I'm saying? Tax season is rolling around. so <laughs> It is what it some is. Cheddar. Give us a little bit of chat, a little bit of change. And we will not hiatus like that again, at least for a long time, or without necessarily uh, letting you know. Um, but life happens and so please give us just a little bit of grace uh, that we feel like we deserve Mm -hmm. but that you deserve as well so thank y'all for listening we love y'all and you know how we do you know how we sign off sign off the same way every time 
Mm-hmm. Next time you're binge watching a show, Love is Blind. Mm. I binge watched that since the last time we talked. Euphoria. Yeah. Binge watched that since the last time we talked. Anyways, next time then you are binge watching something, um, always press next. Deuces.